Some of you have asked how you can help us. While most of us would say, we want wine. <sighs> Italia Wine Podcast is a publicly funded, sponsor-driven enterprise that needs the moolah. You can donate through Patreon or GoFundMe by heading to italianwinepodcast.com. We would appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Cece. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam, then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Welcome. My name is Victoria Cece, and this is the pilot episode for the brand new segment on the Italian Wine Podcast where we hang out with super cool young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. Um, And, you know, for the first episode, I was watching the Mama Jumbo Shrimp uh, video on YouTube when Stevie went to the Suave region, and it got me thinking a little bit about Garganega, which grows not too far from Verona, just about east of here. And the video, which you'll be able to find the link on the podcast, and it inspired me, one, to, first of all, learn up a little bit about Gargariga. I mean, I know a decent chunk about Gargariga, but also to, I will interview someone who knows a lot about Gargariga. So first, before we bring on our producer today, Italian wine producer today, I'm going to read a little bit about Gargariga from our Italian wine unplugged book, uh, just to give you those straight facts instead of me uh, going on a bit of a rant. (laughs) And then we're going to get into the interview. So I don't know how much you all know about Garganega, but it's actually one of Italy's oldest and most important grapes. It is behind the famous famous wines of Suave, which come in many different styles. Going straight to the book here, we have um, a little bit of a fun fact. Garganico Dorato, which is said to be a biotype of Garganega, which grows in Sicily. Well, to say Garganega has a lot of different biotypes because it is one of Italy's oldest varietals. And Garganico Dorato in Sicily is actually one that many believe is a biotype. And you can see the distance it's traveled, which is incredible. Moving back to the Veneto where Garganega grows, we have a various amounts of DOCs and DOCGs um, from Suave DOC, Suave Superiore DOCG, Recciotto di Suave. And then you have Gambellara, you have Bianco di Custosa, and, and so on and so forth. So... Coming to Suave, talking about it in the glass, I feel like that might be something better saved for uh, our producer to talk about because he works hands-on with the grapes. And I'm going to invite him in very shortly. Um, Luca Inama, the Inama Winery, which is located in San Bonifacio, just east of Verona and right by the heart of Suave Classical region. He is the youngest of three brothers who uh, run the winery. And he is hands-on in the winemaking, and he's very young, he's just 30 years old, and he's doing a pretty inspiring job, and that's why we invited him on today, and I'm really excited to have him. Ciao, Luca! Hello! How are you? I'm good, thank you, you? I am doing well, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely! So, you are with Inama Winery, you are the youngest of the three brothers, that's correct, right? Exactly. How does that feel? Well, uh, for sure, uh, we don't get bored. <laughs> <laughs> every day, uh, improvement and of course, every day, 
keep in touch with uh, the team of uh, the my brothers of course being the youngest you are the one you have more to learn and uh, with less experience but of course uh, step by step uh, must be gained of course and so how did you get into winemaking what led you to that did your parents force you were you always inspired by wine growing up well for sure i've been always inspired by tasting wines <laughs> that is the most important things because um only uh, tasting other regions uh, other uh, uh, varieties uh, wines uh, you can uh, understand better how you, you could improve or uh, uh, what is missed in your wine because uh, you you couldn't imagine and uh, that is the first point uh, secondly of course i've been always uh, fascinated by the the world wine because uh, it was one of the main topics at uh, our family table uh, uh, <laughs> in every, almost every day of the year. So nobody forced me, but uh, I, I really liked it from the beginning. So it's uh, something very natural for me. Do you feel that your approach to winemaking is something similar to your father and your parents, or do you feel like you're taking a different approach? The, the approach is, um, is changing. Um, Year by year, I think if you taste the uh, the wines uh, right now, and you would have tasted the same labels a few years ago, uh, there is uh, a big gap between the the times. Not only because of me, of course, but uh, it's, uh, it's a journey, uh, a journey of improvement. And uh, both on whites and reds, we are really um, pushing on quality between vineyards, where we are always more precise and try to understand how better manage the, the these uh, hotter and hotter vintages as well. The vintages becoming hotter and you experiencing these different elements of climate change. How do you see the the future of, of Garganega as a grape, and specifically in the Suave classical region? Garganega is very lucky about the um, climate change because it drives uh, quite late during October month. So uh, the aromatic profile is not so touched by the, um, the hot weather. So on it, uh, we are uh, quite safe. And um, of course, the best we, we can do is uh, to keep protect the grapes under the leaves and uh, yeah, try to manage to preserve uh, as much freshness as we can. Then between this and uh, make it happen with a vintage like 40 degrees uh, almost all the summer long uh, is uh, <laughs> not so easy. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, the management helps. It's not just uh, we, we grew up uh, uh, grapes and let's see what happened. It's uh, really uh, a method. On, on the other hand, uh, uh, with reds, uh, uh, especially in our, uh, in our place, uh, we produce the um, Carmenar mainly in uh, on Colliberici. Uh, Carmenar really loves uh, hot weather and uh, a season allows it to, to get dry. So not all the eggs in the same basket. Uh, we we have uh, we we try to win uh, in every season, uh, some in, in some way. So you're finding a balance. Yeah. So anyway, we we changed a bit strategy this year because we kept uh, everything under the leaves. Uh, uh, even for reds, uh, we tr we have tried to to preserve the the aromatic compounds as much possible because uh, when the heat start to 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 beat uh, is uh, is quite hard. Uh, 
and uh, and also dryness um, played a, a bad role this uh, this vintage. But um, on that, I, I mean, you, you can uh, you, you can play but, uh, with, with the hot condition. You cannot uh, switch on the aircon. Oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Mother does not allow that. <laughs> well, dialing it back, just to go back to Suave a little bit and, and Garganega. So I noticed that you've done, before you were stable in the Veneto, committed to the winery. You did a bit of traveling for studies and, and work and through your travels and now, how do you find the receptance of Suave Classico among consumers, particularly young consumers? Do you feel people like it? Do you think it has ways to go? Do you think Garganega could be the sexy new grape for young wine drinkers? <laughs> Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Well, I think for sure um, uh, in the future we'll be better and better, and uh, young people will approach more and more uh, the Suave, especially some uh, some producers are doing now, and um, but uh, the most part of the of the Suave still is uh, produced uh, from uh, big cooperatives, and uh, as I, I wouldn't say is uh, uh, exactly for uh, this um, public. So step by step, I think we are increasing and improving also on this. Uh, uh, young market and um, also we are playing a very important role on uh, information and communication. In fact, uh, on Instagram uh, with Inama we are very active. Also, Alessio, my brother, is uh, uh, it's his uh, one of uh, his uh, duties. So I think um, less in the past and more in the future, uh, Suave will be uh, a very interesting one for. Uh, for aperitif uh, with uh, with friends and uh, uh, and to have fun as well, not only a uh, wine to uh, taste during important dinners uh, of fishes and risotto or uh, something like this. Of course, it's not like sparkling wine; it's not a uh, uh, something that freezes uh, with a bubble that makes party, but uh, still something uh, very enjoyable to drink. So, if you're drinking suave classico, where would you be drinking it? Like your ideal place. Your dream place. <laughs> well, for sure, definitely being a, such a food friend, the Suave, I will drink it in uh, several places. Uh, from a terrace uh, in a city, from a, a restaurant in a seaside area, somewhere in the mountain after I come back from the skiing. I think uh, there's not only one a best place, uh, but it's uh, very uh, worldwide uh, able to be in the right place. So, yeah, it's an international all-year-round wine. But yes, because it's so um, able to be uh, matchable and pairable with um, so many kinds of food that is uh, very awesome. So uh, it's, uh, it's amazing for this. So when you're outside of the winery and you're hanging out, um, do you, well, first question, <laughs> do you, what, do you drink Suave Classico or do you, are you working with it so much that you drink other things? And it's okay to be honest. <laughs> well, 
well, I I uh, everything because uh, we also with the uh, with our team uh, often we do vertical or horizontal tasting of uh, different kinds of swab of different producers uh, also to understand uh, where we are uh, where the area is. Uh, so I uh, I, I taste uh, all the swab. Uh, in the region, of course, uh, it's, it's one of the most important thing to keep on taste uh, all the wines that people uh, like you make around you. So. <laughs> no, absolutely. You have to constantly see what's going on with the different terroirs. And... On the other hand, in my spare time, I also like to drink something else than uh, <laughs> wines because <laughs> I need to, uh, to, br- to have a break. <laughs> I'd be concerned if you only drink Suave. <laughs> Especially after this uh, this month uh, during uh, last two months during har- harvest time, uh, definitely need a beer sometimes uh, or a cocktail. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And on that note, um, when you do take a break from the winery, I mean, granted, wine is a lot about experience and the people around you and sharing it. So. Are there any places or things you like when you escape from the barrels, <laughs> when you're not sleeping in the barrels? Well, definitely there is a very nice place in Suave. Uh, it is uh, quite close uh, to my place. That is the Enoteca del Suave, where I can uh, also taste uh, other, um, other wineries' wines, and uh, they do very nice charcuteries and uh, sandwiches or this kind of thing. Very easy. In the city center of Suave, it's very nice. Or if I go to Verona or Vicenza, bars, restaurants, uh, there, there are some uh, very interesting. But... Uh, um, you know, from the last uh, the last two months of my life, uh, not not really a lot of spare time, <laughs> and uh, and also uh, in reality, in the last two years between COVID, I became father and uh, keep on working. Uh, yeah, the spare time is uh, always uh, great to rest than uh, go out to drink uh, <laughs> more than what I usually do. <laughs> Well, congratulations on having a family. That's really exciting. Yeah, I I'm waiting for the second uh, in beginning of January. It's going to be a it's going to be a girl, and it was uh, only 94 years. There wasn't a uh, a new girl in uh, in my family. So so she's like the real new generation. Then she's starting. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're going to put her into the vines and like, carry her through. <laughs> yeah, cuddling in the cask. <laughs> exactly, cuddling in the cask. Oh my gosh, that's so precious. Oh, that's so exciting. So I totally understand why maybe wine bars aren't your um, first go-to nowadays. But of course, when I can, uh, I go. Um... I guess one thing to ask, because I'm a big food person, is what do you enjoy really eating with your Suave Classico? Well, uh, we actually produce uh, four labels of Suave, and uh, every one of them has got a very strong identity. I think the Vin Suave, our uh, uh, everyday white wine, uh, can be easily, uh, nicely pairable with the. Uh, uh, an aperitif stuff, uh, uh, a pasta, something easy, something you can have. Uh, uh, being a little luxury for every day is something that is very approachable. Then we go with the carbonara, that is a specific crew based completely on east side and fermented uh, only in stainless steel. That is um, has got a very nice acid aromatic tension with the groom notes. Um, and this uh, nice acidity, balanced acidity, and can be very nice with fish that 
it's a really uh, refresh your palate and uh, and clean your mouth. Then uh, Foscarino, that is um, rounder, old vineyards face southeast, so a bit more sunny, fermented between uh, oak and mainly barrique, used barrique and uh, a touch of uh, stainless that gives uh, um, the, um, the freshness is rounder, so can be better maybe with uh, something fatter, so like a, a risotto or a kind of fat fish or crustaceous, uh, something more uh, important. And then uh, we produce also i palchi Foscarino Gran Cuve from the 2019 vintage that is. Uh, for now, the best expression of uh, Garganica in Suave Classico we can give, and that uh, is, uh, I mean, is, it can, can be pairable with uh, something even more important or just drink uh, by its own, uh, trying to distinguish all the aromatic compounds and uh, like be quite nerd uh, sensation, <laughs> like understanding the wine. Because of course, when you drink, taste the wine, is uh, it's so nice to to enjoy with people, with friends. But when you when you eat together, it's not like a, a very precise tasting as uh, you do with a fresh uh, and uh, fresh mouth and nose. But still, uh, must be enjoyed. So reality, it's only few vintages we are doing it, and uh, it's so good that when I when I drink it, it's not more. I, I, I don't really think about uh, what I would uh, eat with. It's just, I was, it's so good. I just want to. <laughs> I'm guessing you have a lot of bottles for yourself to the side. Well, before we had a tasting of all the batches of Car- Carbonara, Foscarino, Ipalchi, and uh, another label that is still top secret from Garganega. And the table of the laboratory was completely full of bottles, like uh, 30 bottles of uh, batches and trials and uh, cask, barrique, uh, parcels. Uh, and uh, it's uh, insane the work it, there is behind these labels. And, uh, I think uh, I think it's in the glass. You can feel it. It's in the glass. Oh wow! And so this top secret blending is happening in San Bonifacio, so we can try to break in and find out what's happening. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll. You should keep an eye out because I'm gonna. I want to discover what's going on in there. <laughs> to kind of wrap things up, um, you, you know, talk about the future. Is there? something that you would like to say to other young Italian wine people like yourself about Garganega and about Suave Classico, anything that comes from your heart? Well, to the young producers like me, I would say um, keep on being curious and keep on being humble because uh, as I think everybody knows, but uh, it's uh, important to say you, you can cook only once per year. So uh, it's very long and uh, it takes a lot of time to gain experience and uh, to understand the factors of what happened uh, the year before. So uh, it doesn't make sense to feel like uh, uh, I, I arrived, uh, uh, this is the best I, I, I can do. Uh, it's still uh, always a process and uh, uh, a process of improvement and a process of sens- sensibility of uh, what the vintage can be done in the best way possible. So um, I think uh, I, I really suggest a lot of hard work because uh, uh, when you do something, it's never like uh, uh, you say to somebody else to do it. So if you if you really want to make the best way possible, at least the first times, uh, 
you should really uh, get there to your hands. And then uh, the the another very important thing I would say to all the uh, young producers is to visit other wineries, other cellars, other vineyards to understand uh, uh, what uh, your neighbor do and uh, without uh, uh, discover uh, the wheelies uh, round uh, instead of square. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Luca, for being on the pilot episode of the Next Generation podcast. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure. I hope you had some fun. <laughs> and yeah, you can find Luca through Inama Winery. Thank you again. Thank you so much for invite me and thank you thanks so much to all the people uh, who listen to this uh, podcast awesome thank you all right have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon ciao ciao Victoria ciao to everybody thank you As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast, available anywhere you can get your pods. 